Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 278 for the week of September 14, 2013. I'm here with two of RP Gamers' finest. The first, our RP. What, what is that thing? I, RPG Elements writer, Ma- Emmanuel Marino. Hey, you messed all of that up. I did. <laughs> the column, your name. Yes. Well, I got. The, I, I'll get this one right. It's uh, okay. Anna Marie Privetier, my wife, and our forum administrator. Woo-hoo. <laughs> all right. Well, back to Manny. He's more excited. No, just saying. Here I am on the East Coast. You launched a, t- a column this week. I did. Called Tell RPG people about Elements. It. Plug it, man. Plug it. Well, I feels like you know how there's always a debate. Like, why don't we cover Persona Four Arena? Why don't we cover? Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy. What do we put that article about that the new Diablo Book of Tyrael or the Mass Effect comic? Well, those debates no longer need to happen because we have a new column where all of that crap goes into. The RPG elements. See? The little elements of RPGs. Wait. So, you know, it's the kind of thing that gives How is is Persona 4 Arena an element of an RPG? Because it's not an RPG. But, like... But it's a part element of your implies franchise. that it's a building block of a bigger whole, right? The story, the characters. It's always a catchy name that I came up with and I liked. Okay. And I stuck with it. <laughs> All right. What more do you want? I, um, you're right. No, because people talk about how there's RPG elements in all these games, and like, and your favorite elements of this one RPG might be the story or the characters, and let's expand that onto a fiction or into things that don't necessarily fit with on the main page of RPG Gamer. But now, now a home they for it. do. Now there's a home for it. It's the All home right. for Lost. Hey, you know what we haven't done? <laughs> we have that new podcast feed, yet we still say, please be excited on the on the, on the the main page. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I need to fix that. <laughs> so it seems like my goal at RP Gamer has been expanding the fringes. Because yeah. we launched the Dialogue Street podcast. I wasn't here to talk about that. No, you weren't. Time. So we had the new Dialogue Street podcast where often, like I'm the kind of crazy person who, who uh, records every single appointment interview panel whatever that i go to and i've been doing that for the last two years so i have this great backlog of behind the scenes things now that doesn't mean i can post them all because some of this stuff is definitely not fit for posting on the internet or it's like really kind of personal private stuff but some of the stuff totally fits in an audio format so like the giant bums interview dump truck and i'm sure people would love to hear some of that stuff like uh me and jess walking through xseed which is pretty funny to hear enthusiasm talking about those games on the show floor which is fun to talk. So there's that part where we can fit a lot of these sort of these audio, these raw audio interviews or these raw just panel recordings or just you can hear me scribbling notes on a pe- piece of paper while I'm talking to some guy in an interview. That has a home now. And I'm sure you guys are going to add some pack stuff soon. Um, we didn't, you know, anything that we recorded was, was video. So okay. I don't have Let's... like anything to put. Oh, wait, there's one thing. There's uh, the Final Fantasy XIV interview, which I don't know why that's not up yet. I'll be honest with you. Um, so because Fox there. gave it to the person whose job it was to post it. Oh. Oh, I know what that means. Okay. Well, we need to get that up. <laughs> he needs to oh, give it to me soon. instead. <laughs> it's all right, but Dialogue Trees, I mean, honestly, there's no time frame. I think this stuff is legitimately interesting in its own right, even if it's not the newest stuff, just because... It gives you a different perspective on, on what we're doing when we're at these shows or at these conventions or so sort of what it's like to grab someone in the hallway and say, hey, what's going on with this thing? And it's, you know, they're short little five, ten minute things. So it's not like this. It'll still be relevant. 
good, good, so good. There's no rush for that. And of course, that's one side of the fringe stuff we're doing. And the RPG Elements is this other side. So, you know, there's this cool new feature on that per, uh, that great Persona 4 Arena figure. Mm-hmm. Which, which looks awesome. Great. We can just we can all just collectively gush over a $50 figure that none of us will ever buy. <laughs> so, and that's fun. The new, I mean, hopefully in the future we'll get people like, well, Chris will come on and maybe write a review for the next Infinity Blade novel. No, I guess not. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I could write a review for it. <laughs> no, just like in your quick impressions, like, hey, I really like this. I could be like, hey, there's a new Infinity Blade novel for people who care about this game. And I'll Chris, be like, no, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> fair enough. That's all we need. But yeah, it's fun to have a home for this kind of stuff. I mean, no, that'll a, be my review of Storm of Light. Storm of Light. Oh, the new the Nate Diablo Canyon 3. Diablo yeah. Three book. If anything, I should just have you review the last one. I hated it. Piece of crap. <laughs> just uh, pandering drivel is is my review for that last one. <laughs> I did an interview with him. Did you ever read that interview? He no. sounded like legitimately excited to be a part of the franchise, but Good I don't think him. he knew much of anything about it at the time going no in. No kidding. It's like they gave him a list of you need to include these things. <laughs> Make sure they're in there somewhere. I'll be, if you read the interview, I don't think at the time he didn't know much about it. I think he was just barely getting into Diablo two. He read all the previous books by Richard Knack. Well, did yeah. he read the manuals at all? Because I don't think he did. Because let me tell you, if you want to know about Diablo history, Knack is the way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, to be fair, at least this time around, this next time, I'm interested to see if he learned anything from the experience writing the last book. I mean, Diablo 3's been out. I'm sure he's played that one at least. You know he's what? Been- it doesn't matter whether or not he's learned anything. It, 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 has he learned how to write? He's won awards for science fiction. From whom? I don't know. I have to go to his page. The Angiris <laughs> Council, like in-game Diablo awards. I don't know. All right, all right, all right. All right. Well, everyone, please go check out RPG yeah. Elements. I guess. Let yeah. me know if you like it. Check out the column. By the way, I'm Chris Privetier. Forgot to introduce myself. Yes. We're here to bring you the latest in RPG news, and we're going to start off with what we've been playing this week. Who'd like to lead us off? Me, oh, me, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. me, me, me. Okay, I've been um, playing 102 Degree Fever. What? Oh, <laughs> you won that game. <laughs> yeah, it's part of my Sorry, what? Antibiotics. No, she uh, no. she got booster shots for tetanus and um, measles, mump, rubella because she's you know immigration process. I yeah, it was funny. I was just thinking about that. Like, yeah, you're an American. You got to get your shots. Yep. And here's the funny thing is, is it's like eighty dollars to get. The immunization. It's ninety five to get a blood test to prove you have the immunization, and it's like hundred and fifteen dollars to request an immunization um, history from Canada when you're in the U.S. <laughs> you just get the shot. Anna, welcome to the United States. <laughs> so yeah, I just got the shot, but yeah, I have been very sore and very stiff and very feverish, which meant that I played a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> Yeah, she like she owned that game this week. Being fever sounds like a good way to play it, right? It has actually I'm I'm really digging it. It's like All a right. fun fantasy game combined with an MMO. Go what figure. an idea. <laughs> I know, this is this must be stunning to people who are listening. But um yeah, I just I really like it. So I rolled up uh we have sort of an RP gamer community going on Leviathan. And 
And we have a few staffers that are also on Sargatonis, but for the most part, we're all on Leviathan. You know, it's weird. It seems like the Final Fantasy part is really getting people into this in a way that Eleven didn't. There's true. people. Well, people who, tried Eleven, and then they just you know. But I don't gave think they stuck it. with it as yeah. much as, or oh, the yeah. enthusiasm wasn't as much as it. Like even people like Mac, who just has no interest in PC gaming or MMOs, is just like whole hog into. Mm-hmm. Mac is an editor in chief of the site. Is yeah. whole hog into Final Fantasy fourteen. And just I'm hearing this from a lot of people, even on Twitter. There's such positive buzz all around for fourteen, which is good to hear, given how disastrously launched. So yeah, um, I decided to start out as a thaumaturge, oh, and so there are. T- Sorry, what? Thermaturge. Yeah. What do they do? Uh, they're uh, DPS uh, magic users. Okay. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're really cool. They have like an infinite mana loop. So basically as I cast fire spells, my fire damage goes up and the cost for ice spells goes down. When I run out of mana, I use an ability to switch from my fire stance to my ice stance. And while I'm casting ice spells, my mana regenerates. So basically, I cast five or six fire spells, switch from fire to ice dance, cast a lightning dot, and then go back to casting fire spells. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that's exactly how lightning returns works in its combat system. Really? Really? Yeah. Cool. 100% that's the exact same way. You play as the guardian, and you're doing a few abilities there. When you run out of mana there or ability points to use any of those skills, you switch over to your your mage. You use some high-level skills there. You run out. But you have three, so you're constantly cycling through three. Yeah, so there is three elements that are associated with uh, what do you say it is? Thaumaturge? Thaumaturge. Right? I say thaumaturge. But the, you also say Leviathan. I do. Oh, that's true. She is wrong about that. At least she doesn't say Paladin. <laughs> Pal- <laughs> no, it's Paladin. Or Executable. Executable. <laughs> um. It is, however, common to hear parry as opposed to parry. No, it isn't. You know, I, if In someone Canada, said that to me, I would think they were talking about, oh, you're going to parry? Oh, wonderful. I thought parry. I'm like, oh, is that some sort of um, Japanese pop group? I thought it was the city. Oh, parry, parry, parry. Anyways, mm. um, the thing that I like is there's a ton of quests to do. But... um. There is also main there's also a main storyline for the game in general. And then there is a storyline for every class. So for example, as a Thaumaturge, um, I'm following the story of five Lalafell brothers. And four of them are Thaumaturges who run the Thaumaturge Guild, but the fifth one doesn't have enough ether power and so he's become an alchemist and so it's going through the story of the younger brother wants power and he gets it in a very craptacular way and now we have to go and fix things oh what race are you playing i am playing a mihote those are the cat people right mihote it's mihote yeah that's what i thought okay i don't know i haven't heard it pronounced in game yet mikote no it's not chikote yeah. I wish there was a Chicote class. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Commander Chicote, come to my quarters. <laughs> I, so, special, I need you special, to rub my temples. Your special abilities, you tap on your hand and you go to a dream state. 
My spirit animal's here. Summon. So those are the cat people, though, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. And there are male-female versions this time? Sure are. F- male-female of everything this time. Cool. cool. What do you mean, cool? You know that. Wait, what? Okay, never I must mind, have Anna. missed what you said. Yeah, you did. But that's okay. Into fever. Huh? Be nice. Yeah, that's right. She's in a fever. You guys both suck. But anyways, yeah, so I'm like a level 23 Talmaturge. You get a quest every five levels. A major story quest every five Ooh. levels. And then I decided to try out crafting, and I'm like a level 20-something weaver, and... Um, a level 15 goldsmith and I've done mining and I've tried alchemy and it sucks. I suspect that the game is going to suffer from a severe lack of alchemists. Alchemists. Because it's a lot of ingredients. They're complicated to get. Some of them have really terrible drop rates. So And then no profit we'll when see- you make it? Hmm? And then no good profit when you finally make it all? Well, yeah. Hmm. Well, and it's also kind of one of those crafts that it's like all the crafts basically have you make sort of a couple basic level things, and then those basic level things translate into the other stuff you make. So, for example, in woodworking, you you take logs, you create planks, you use the planks to make stuff. So maple log to maple plank to maple wand. Right. In alchemy, it's like there's purified water, there's growth formula A, there's growth formula alpha, there's growth formula beta, there's B skin blood, which is a drop or a vendor item, and then there's um, there's something else, and you need distilled water to make it. So you basically have five basic things, and that all goes into making stuff. Hmm. All right. It sounds more complicated than Chinese apothecary. It's it it's complicated. It's a silly, silly system. I do have one big question. I'm sure the the non MMO players want to know. Has this replaced WoW for you? It's just the new Um For the time I being. Let my, I let my WoW subscription lapse because everybody that I play WoW with isn't playing WoW right now. Mm-hmm. And I love WoW, and it's not like I'm ever... I don't think I'm going to quit for good. Like, there's still plenty of stuff that I'm interested in doing. 5.4 patch. Oh, my gosh. There's so many cool things we got to go try. Panda emperors. (laughs) But it's like, if none of my friends are playing, it gets a little lonely. All right. So So this is a good... So this is going to be your second RPG, or just RPG for the time being, like uh, Star Wars was? I I think it'll be a time being. It's my main MMO right now. Okay. So other than that, I've just dabbled a little bit in Mario and Luigi this week. I've mostly been doing 14 because my left arm has been like either numb or burning. So I've been trying to stick to games that only require one hand. It smells of burning. Yes. Sorry. All right. So. <laughs> yes. Um, so you're playing 14 as well. I've been playing 14 as well. Is like Say what? What have your experiences been like? Um, like yours. What are you playing? And who are you playing as? I I don't know anymore. Um, I'm playing as a uh, gladiator on Leviathan, Mm -hmm. along with Anna. Mm -hmm. And, you know, playing with somebody on a server, 
you know, we haven't... So 14 fixed a lot of the soloing issues that that the first version of 14 had and even more that 11 had. Um, So there's really very little reason to party with people as you're leveling up. And so while Anna and I are in the same server, we haven't really been doing that much partying together. We did like a dungeon... No, we didn't even do that because we... We did one dungeon together. Yeah. And really, while leveling up, there's just so much rich story content, which is through quests, it, it makes more sense for you to just do it on your own. Um, is what I've found, at least. And it isn't, and none of the quests are super annoying or anything, so there isn't really much benefit to having two or three people to make the quests easier because they're just, they're fine. And you don't find yourself getting frustrated at them. So from that respect, um, we've kind of been leveling our separate ways, but at the same time, we talk about our experiences and stuff. But uh, socially, I think the game has some issues as far as encouraging party, which is a real shift from from 11. Um, But at the same time, it's way more convenient, and you can do whatever you need to on your own. So I don't know. What do you think, Anna? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing that I like about... I think the thing that's encouraging about... 14 is it's like when you want to do stuff with people there is tons of stuff to do with people if you want to just do something on your own there is tons of things to do on your own is that fair yeah i think that's i think that's fair um i have not gotten into crafting at all um i have not gotten into leveling a second job at all like the game is just really well designed to just level through your first job but it's really poorly designed to give you reasons to craft along the way because the stuff you're making isn't really usable by your character at that level when you can easily make it. Um, um, you realize that I'm wearing three pieces of Weaver gear, right? Yeah, and most people... Uh, I've been watching the chat. People who make gear for themselves find it replaced by anything they find in dungeons. Mm, a pink in a dungeon. Mm. Not okay. a green. All right, well, well, greens are greens are a tough call. Because sometimes they'll have more more appropriate stats as opposed to simply better stats. I'm decked out in half pinks and I haven't done any crafting. So it seems to me yeah. like I should just run dungeons um, <laughs> as opposed to getting into crafting, especially at this point. Cause I'm well, behind. especially cause you're a tank. Yeah. Why? Why do you say that? Um, because there isn't that much tank here that's craftable. Oh, okay then. Yeah. So I don't know what's up with crafting. It is certainly not as simple a system as world of Warcraft and it is not as, um, what am I thinking of? Uh, it's it's certainly not as uh, uh, well. Actually, you know what it feels more like. It's kind of Swotor's system and easy enough to level. But you know what's the point? I must craft more powerful Jedi robes. Well, um, except you can make more money in this game, right, Anna? Do you find it to be fairly cra- profitable if you're doing weaving? Um, no, I don't sell any of my weaving stuff. Oh. What I I have been doing doing now is now that I've unlocked the Grand Company is every day you can give in craftable items. And generally, like I found, there's like a selection of five or six and there'll be one from each craft. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, I've been able to give in two items for sure. And then I see if there's like a cheap one of one or two others on the up on the auction house. Cool. So, yeah, my only thing that I'm iffy about is it is hard to get money in the game the only reliable source of income is leaves what? so you need to pick your <laughs> what leaves what does it even mean because <laughs> like i run out of money all the time okay. because i'm crafting so 
the only way to reliably get a steady source of income is doing guild leaves. Oh, or doing leaves. In oh, general. leaves. That sort of leaves. Yes. I'm like I'm thinking of things falling off of trees. No, L E V E S. And for those who haven't played 14, basically, there is like an optional quest system that are dailies, and you can actually repeat the same daily in one given day. You are given three leave licenses every 12 hours, and you can store up to a maximum of 100. But your leave pool. Is Well, it is a leave pool, so it isn't like I get three for my combat classes and three for my crafting classes. I get three in total every 12 hours, and I need to decide which of my classes I'm going to spend those leaves on. Is that pronounced levy? Is that why we're confused? No, it's It's a leave. Like, you, you're you granted leave to do this duty. All right. Um, L-E-V-E. Okay, cool. I, was so, just, was, I, I thought I was thinking plant leaves too for a little bit. So the first game they call them guild leaves. Um, now they have leave quests and guild hests. Leave quests are the ones you do on your own, right? And then guild hests are the ones you do with a party. And then there's dungeons, which are an even bigger party experience. So yeah, figure all that crap out. Their terminology sucks for a lot of things, but you know, whatever. And then... So that's what you do. You make money by doing NPC... So crafting is good to make money and then turn into NPCs and then you get experience at your crafting job so you can make more money for more NPCs. And eventually it's useful because you can make materia, right? Is that basically yes. what you're crafting for is to make materia for other people eventually? Um, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, the materia system is really unusual. You will get to unlock it as part of the main story. And it doesn't seem to be affected by... Uh, the level of your crafting skills. Because I have been able to do it on any of my classes so far that I've attempted it with. Now, the thing the thing that they may have been talking about is um, your level 20 quest for all of the crafts that I've gotten to level 20 require you to give in a piece of equipment with materia attached. So they do sort of gate you in your crafting in that fashion where you have to be at a certain point in the story to continue it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's all you play this week is 14? Yeah, because it's just... <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's all-consuming, apparently. <laughs> well, and that, like I said, it's to me, fun. it was... The problem is, is I really want to finish Mario Luigi Dream Team. Well, you played that too, then. The last dungeon, but it requires both hands, and my arm hurts. 14 only requires one hand. Mm. So I've just been playing more of that. Okay. And... Lucifer's next, right? What do you mean Lucifer's announced? Oh, next, next. To say what he's been playing. Lucifer? Oh, right, because it's in the article, isn't it? <laughs> no, uh, forget. Wait, what do you mean? He's not even on this page. What are you talking about, Lucifer? What no, you you're saying who's next? We're going to go who's next to say what they've been playing? Yeah, it should be Lucifer. Let's... Hi, I'm Sean, and I hate everything, and everything I played sucked this week, and you sucked, and you should feel ashamed for yourself. All right, that's what Lucifer played this week. All right, and then I played stuff. Yes, you're talking about Final Fantasy. No. And 
I played two indie games this week, Manny. What? I played indie games. I played what? an indie game that I thought was too expensive. You're like, oh, just forget it. You should ignore this. I said, all right, screw this. I'm getting it, and I'm going to experience it, and then Manny will be proud of me for trying it. And I bought and played through Gone Home. And I'm here to tell you that I still feel that the game is overpriced after having played through it. I told you, man. Just don't get it now. Um. <laughs> the funny thing is, I, I guess I said it the wrong way because yeah. I, I did, it may have sounded snotty or dismissive, but I didn't mean it that way. Uh-huh. I, I just thought that, like, by your response, I just thought, like, well, you know, maybe this isn't the, this is an experience that you would care about or maybe enjoy fully. So if Gone Home is an interactive fiction game. Um, yeah. It's just telling you a story based on how you click on things, and it's presented a game thing. The less you know about it, the better. I had yeah. one very minor element spoiled for me that actually did hurt my experience of the game because it took away some of the ex- suspense. Um, and so I recommend the less you know about the story, the absolute better it will be for you because it's like someone telling you what's going on in a book before you read it. It is completely dependent on the story. Was that from the Was that from the Giant Bomb Morning Show? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was. I know what you're talking about. Where they, yes. they they basically say this: what yeah. you worried might happen, yeah. never happens. Yeah, and okay. yeah. that's all. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, and yeah. So, um, yeah, the uh, the um, so anyway, everybody was so taken with the game. I said, I gotta try it. Um, I did not expect the story. I did not expect kind of the direction it went. But then after it started going that on that way, I felt some elements of it were predictable. Um, but you know, all in all, it was a good experience, and um, it was kind of like. You know, it, interactive fi- fiction versus um, old school adventure games are kind of really one versus the other is defined by how hard the puzzles are, if you ask me. Um, and Gone Home has very simple puzzles. So if they were very hard puzzles, it'd be more of an adventure game with the story kind of to string it along and give you some atmosphere. And this is more of a simple um, interactive fiction type game. And um, all in all, I think it's a, a good way of telling a story and that it's a pretty well-written story. And you should probably... Uh, and I had fun like putting all the pieces of the world together because not all the story is told through narrative or anything. So you need to like be searching things out and putting things together in your head. And um, so I, you know, I would recommend playing through the game. And and if you want, if you like interactive fiction and want to go through that sort of experience, but I do not recommend it for twenty dollars. I think um, I've had better interactive fiction experiences like digital love story and those were free um and i think that the the price of this is is like i would put it to the equivalent of paying twenty dollars for like the infinity blade novella and i don't think that would be worth it um oh, that's interesting to say, but I, I think a lot of people maybe can we're comparing it to maybe a movie like you spend i and i think that's overpriced for a movie uh i don't pay twenty dollars to go to a movie here you're lucky because oh and i think anywhere near i live (laughs) i mean but uh, that said you know i i would say this is the movie that i would say no this is a good this is a good thing to rent you know all right Um, catch it on netflix yeah and i don't i don't think it's something you need to go out and spend full price tickets for um that's fair but i really for me the comparison is more to a book personally and i think it's overpriced compared to a book and that's basically what it is just because they put it in a game engine i don't think that excuses it from um being compared to a book the funny thing is when you say but when you say movie though i understand your perspective a lot more because when you say to me like "Eh, catch it on netflix don't spend the don't spend the 16 dollars to watch it in 3d in the theater you're not going to get anything more out of that than if you just wait till it's on netflix it's a hard thing to compare to to a movie in my experience because uh 
I, I, games I, I you don't you, play I, socially. I, get, I understand your position a lot more when you when you bring it to I, me. I, I know, but I don't feel like I'm communicating it right when I say it that way. Right, um, because sure. with a movie, you're paying more to go to the theater experience and experience this with like a billion other people to laugh and cry and scream at the same time. Oh, so we could all stand up and clap. Yeah, and you don't get any of that here just by buying it the first week. You get a little bit of the zeitgeist on the podcast. Um, so I guess that's the experience, but I, I, I don't think it was worth tr- worth it for that zeitgeist, um, other than to avoid being spoiled when people want to talk about it eventually. Well, I guess sometimes when it comes to movies, I would never pay to watch it, even if it was like a one ninety nine rental. Okay. And unless I really care. Like if Pacific Rim never made its way to Netflix... Let's pre- let's pretend I like well, if Pacific Rim never made its way to Netflix, that's a movie I might have just spent one ninety nine in a rental on mm-hmm. Amazon or iTunes. Yeah, but a lot of movies I don't. Well, I say if it's on Netflix one day, and if it's not, I guess I just never watch that and die that way. <laughs> Do we have Pacific Rim in our queue? Uh, not yet. It's not listed to okay. my knowledge. So I'm real sad I'd that we didn't hear what it. you guys have to think about about Pacific Rim now that the hype is over. Oh, I just I really want to see that and we never got around to it this summer. It just sucks. I played another game though. Mm-hmm. Brothers. Wait, wait, your other everyone listen, indie cred in full force. Let's go. <laughs> yes, I played a second indie game this week called Brothers. You can get it at brothersthegame.com. Chris, I have to know. Will you play 10 other games that are better than this this year? Um I will probably not play 10 other games that have the same emotional impact that this game had on He's me. not going to play 10 other games this yeah, year. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be real about this. <laughs> All right. So this game only costs 15 Um, And I, I think it's completely worth $15, even though it's a short experience. Because I think that you're getting things here that I don't get from small novels or fan fiction or, or other, other sources. Um, and it, it does things that require it to be a game. So I... I I completely feel it's a different situation to me. Um, it's like, yeah, no, this is, I I understand what I'm paying for. I'm paying for an experience I can only experience this way. And I felt that the story was masterfully told in this game. And I just love the way that the characters are done. You are, you are two brothers who are going out to find some medicine for your dad. Um, and you encounter puzzles and, and weird mechanics and interactions that are, there's a bunch of, so you control one brother with the left stick and left trigger and the other brother with the right stick and the right trigger. So it is a very unique control scheme. And so it requires you to kind of bend your head a little bit to try and control two people simultaneously. But you start to you start to get good at it. And it's really fun when you start to get good at it. Um, so it's really move a brother over, interact with something, move the other brother over, interact with something. There are things that require you doing things at the same time. There are things that require you choosing one brother to do versus the other brother. And then there are interactions with other people in the world that differ depending on which brother you're using to do it. And um, it's a cool little mechanic idea and just jump into it. it. It's really well told. It's it's the right length and there's optional content if you want it. Otherwise, you can mainstream the, the story line if you want. And um, it's... Man, it's it's a heavy story. It, it, is a, it, is, it is a true, like, grim fairy tale, but... Uh, so that's where the big emotional impact was. The, oh, my god! Not the gameplay, but the storytelling? Or the yeah, way they the tell. storytelling. Yeah, well, absolutely. and it's like, I actually walked behind him to watch him play really briefly. And he had come across a guy who... Oh, you shouldn't spoil that. Yeah. Was no, in don't, the process... No, don't do that. Don't, Anna. Don't. No, no, that... no, 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 no was in the process of hurting himself. Mm -hmm. And one brother 
was helping save him while the other brother was doing something else. Okay. And it was very intense. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, shortly afterwards, there is an item out on a very tiny ledge. And if you try to put the older brother out there, he balks. It, it's just not going to hold his weight. So he sends the little brother out there to go get it. I think I did that. I don't know that the game did that, but yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he said something. <laughs> I thought so too. Um, anyway, so it's a really well-told story. I don't, again, the, the short games like this, the more we tell you, the, the we're just making it worse for you. So um, I, I'm going to just recommend it. Leave it at that. If you need to see a quick look, go go get one if you're not completely sold. Definitely worth 15 um, If you get it for less, good on you. And um, what was the other What thing? platform again? I played it on PC. It okay. is... I don't know if it's available for anything else. Is it on Xbox? It I thought be. it was on Xbox, right? Because you said left oh, trigger, Oh, it right is on trigger. Xbox and PS3. Yeah. And I, yeah, I played on PC with a controller, but... Yeah, yeah. it needs a dual-stick controller, right? Yeah. It's on all the platforms, I guess. That would make sense. Yeah, um, yeah it's funny. No one is ever going to say, you spoiled World of Warcraft for me. Now I'm not going to spend... I'm not going to play for another 100 hours. I know, right? But uh, a, a small experience like this, it, it matters a lot more. Um and, but e- even if you've been slightly spoiled by other people in this game, I say do it. Um, yeah, that that impacted me. That story is just... And the cool thing is, is they never actually say anything. Well, they do. Yeah, but they do it without a single word. You know, they, it's all gibberish in, in, right. in game language. So you don't understand any of it. And yet they tell this amazingly impactful story. So it's really well done. Highly, highly recommended. Um yeah, yeah. I would have to start thinking. I, you, you're joking, Manny, about Brad talking about brother for game of the year already. Yeah, and and I, it's certainly one I need to remember for that. So, uh, unfortunately, it's not an RPG, so we won't be talking about it on our site. <laughs> RPG elements. Yeah, there you go. Game of the year. <laughs> game of the year. Um, I also beat another game this week. <gasps> Three games in one. <laughs> I finished Disgaea two on my PSP. Ah. The main story mode. Um, there's a second story in that game. I'm still working on that. So hopefully next week I'll be able to say I finished that. Um, I really enjoyed that game and I liked its story. And um, the ending's kind of abrupt, but uh, still it's kind of cute what they did with it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this Disguise series stuff. So I can't wait. What to... level were you when you finished the game? I don't know. I way over leveled. Um, I had people who were 165, but they were on their sixth reincarnation. So. I, yeah, I kind of power leveled some guys once I had a level that I could do that in. Um, it, it totally made the later stages easy, but it's okay because you know power leveling is the point of the sky, right? <laughs> you know, I never felt bad when stuff got easy in the sky because I always felt like I earned it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I could play with the the characters that I have that are the right level, but no, I earned this. <laughs> you die now. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it, Manny. <laughs> Yeah, well, you did the work and all yeah. the extra side quests and the item levels and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, um, that's what I've played. Manny, what'd you do? I have been, well, I missed last week. Yes, you did. Because I've been doing some stuff around town, local stuff, all this business. Did I miss, did I miss two weeks in a row? I don't know. I, you know, I know you missed last week. I think I missed two weeks in a row because I didn't even talk about the DC stuff with you guys, did I? No. No? Have you guys been looking at my uh, Twitter page? Probably not. But I, I visited 
Anna's native country of Canada. Ooh, what'd you do I in took Canada? Pictures. What'd you do in Canada? Besides uh, I walked taking past pictures. It. Oh, you walked past. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> look at my Twitter feed. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, he went the... to the. He went to the to the. Yeah, he went to the embassy. The Canadian embassy. Oh, which is, cool. Which is Canadian soil. <laughs> it is Canadian soil. You did walk by my country. You were right. Which was fun. I went to the Air and Space Museum. I stood next to the Space Shuttle Discovery. It's pretty cool. Oh, man. We need to go back to that place. Oh, this is a different museum. This is actually this offshoot one that's in this giant hangar. Oh, you went to the Virginia. one at Dallas? Oh, you went to the one at Dallas. Yeah, that's the good one. Yeah, is it? Oh, it's really good. We need to go there, too. I'm, you know, it's shocking how big that thing really is, the space shuttle, when you get next to it. Um, if you look at my feed, the other game I've been playing is uh, Babylon 5, the collectible card game. No. What? <laughs> look over the pictures. I can't. I'm I, My cat has gotten oh. rid of my mouse, so I can't do anything. Um, <laughs> how's that work? <laughs> okay, let me read you the, the back of the box description. The year is 2257. The place is Babylon 5. Yes. The Babylon 5 collectible card game brings to life all the action, intrigue, and drama of the Hugo Award-winning television series. In this double-deck campaign edition, you play as either Jakar, ambassador of the Narn regime, or Londo Malari, ambassador of the Centauri Republic. The Narn are a reptilian race of warriors, easily provoked to battle. The Centauri are a decadent people who rely on intrigue and underheaded politics. Only one race can win the struggle for galactic supremacy. War is certain. The future is not. Whatever happens next, your actions will decide the outcome. Yes. Okay, so that's... <laughs> okay, that's a card game, though? Yeah, it was a collectible card game released back in oh my God. <laughs> the late 90s. Where did you find that? I found that at Glenn Wilson's house. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I visited... He's Glenn lives not too far from, from Dallas. From Canada, I And said hi to him. <laughs> cool. And I saw all his nerd stuff. I'm not going to say too much. He's a private guy. Oh, but, okay. But it was funny to you see. You don't want to talk but, about his Hatsune Miku love pillows? <laughs> I, it's enough that I'm bragging that I'm talking about his Babylon 5 collectible card game. That he bought when he was like 10 or something. Which was pretty fun. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been, I checked out a bunch of museums. Um, now I'm playing the packing game. Oh, you're moving back? I'm gone in, seven, in six days. Good for you. Can't wait to be home. <laughs> oh, oh and that I means you're going to miss up. next week's podcast. I will. Mm. I will be on the road. On the road by, by Saturday, I might be in Columbus, Ohio. Are you telling me that that 23-carat gold-plated Pokemon card is also from Glenn Wilson? It is his Pokemon <laughs> card. Oh, that's it unbelievable. Is. He has a treasure trove of, I think... His mom's just been giving him stuff from his childhood. Say, like, here's some stuff in my, my garage. Take it. And he just opening all this stuff up, and it's like like gem after gem after gem. Just this basically mint condition stuff. Where was this? I'm in his place. This in his stuff. Place. And you took it? No, I didn't take oh, it. Okay. I just took a picture of it. It's funny. When you, when you see someone with just this mint condition stuff, it's like, oh, I remember this from my childhood. I remember that from my childhood. What is this picture? In remembrance of those we lost on September 11th, the hotel will provide complimentary coffee and mini muffins from 8.45 to 9.15 a.m. What the hell? <laughs> That's terrible. It is terrible. This is like the hashtag ATT tragedies. Oh. <laughs> A half hour of 
free muffins at Marriott, really? That's their idea of how we should honor September 11th? Hey, didn't you hear about the golf course in Verona? No. They offered nine holes for 9-11. They did not. On 9-11. Ah. Uh, 18 no, holes for 19-11. No. You know, yeah. When when uh, the Onion did their, their subway thing, for, uh, did you see this the Onion September joke? No. Okay, so uh, they did this joke where, well, apparently I can see where the, the this sort of this idea spawned in their head because uh, Subway's been calling September September. Yes, come in for September deals. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. New September promotion to honor September 11th. Fly on in for September 11th. You will never forget this deal. <laughs> they have two subs, as big towers. Oh, that's terrible. Never mind, that's the onion. That's the onion, yes. Subway didn't yeah, do yeah, that. But it, Two it, foot long subs for nine dollars and eleven cents. You know, I get the I get the joke. They're making fun of the, the crassness that they're sure was yeah. gonna happen on September eleventh. With the number of what? it happened. Exactly. With a number of terrific discounts on special sandwiches as well as our classic footlongs, you'll always remember where you were on September September eleventh. <laughs> Oh. And, and someone responded too. They, they did. Twitter feed, they said, "We are just as offended and outraged by this fake by the onion as you are." What is really? Yeah, it's really good. I don't think that's how that works, Subway. And you know, I I get the joke too. I, it makes perfect sense. I mean, what mm-hmm. do you do when you get to September 11th? If you're calling this whole month September, just you walk in and they say, "Welcome to September. You're home for free cheap long. It's a good. It's a good parody. Wow, it's a good joke. And, there's but a, yeah, there's a mushroom. There's a mushroom festival. You guys had a mushroom festival. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, there's a mushroom festival. And uh, did you see my tweet related to it? I don't know. I don't get it. I'm going through your tweets looking for pictures of nerd stuff, and I'm not finding much. Oh, you go to the you go to the picture section. Oh, there's a picture section. Yeah. Oh, photos and videos. Okay. Oh, I ah Babylon Five. Okay. All right. September sixth, seventh, and eighth. There's a mushroom festival. That's all it says. It was terrible. Uh, it oh, was, was um, it? Okay. All right. I at the day of the event, I was tweeting out warning: Do not attend the mushroom festival. There's been a recent outbreak of death by boredom reported on the premises. Hmm. I read that tweet on last week's podcast. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, you read it to the <laughs> during the show. Yeah. It was terrible. It was so bad. You know what the mushroom festival is like in LA? There's a there's there's farmers markets, these designated places for farmers markets, and you know they're free. You go in, it's no big deal because if you charge, nobody would go. This is basically a big farmers market with all the junk and crap from this crappy little street in Main Street, trying to sell all their garbage, and is with the the most tenuous grasp. I mean, the most tenuous relationship to any mushrooms whatsoever. It's it's a disaster. It's terrible. It was boring. It was hot. They charge you two dollars to get in, five dollars to park, and five dollars to All take right. a mushroom. Why are we talking about it? It's my fault. I still have trauma. You still, still have trauma. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> moving on. Oh, you have a very sad photo of Kyle Bosman at E3. <laughs> yeah, and he never tweeted back at me. Jerk. What? Who is Kyle Bosman? He he does a game trailer show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Just my old German Northern Renaissance artist picture. No, oh, makes me sad. Did you what? see the Jack Frost dendroid? I did. No. All right, cool. I don't know what that. Yeah, I'm just trying to. Let's move on. 
you know, we got yeah, a show yeah, to do. Yeah, we got real RPGs. We gotta, yeah, do. we do. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh, let's talk about our feedback. Azillus wrote in on our boards and said, I have to second the recommendation for The Secret World. Especially as a free-to-play, well, buy-to-play, there's a ton of high-quality content available without paying a subscription fee. One thing that needs to be added about the game is that the quality of the writing is fantastic. Some of the best writing I've ever come across in a video game, MMO or single-player. If you want to play Endgame, the the subscription fee might be worth it. But the base game is easily worth the purchase price. The game never feels like a rush to the Endgame. So, uh, that's... Alex was recommending The Secret World last week, and so now Azillus is also recommending it. Yeah, my pastor at my old church in Vancouver plays it. <laughs> really? To the exclusion of everything else, yes. Nice. The he two likes- games he plays are LOL and The Secret World. If only I had time for it, but I don't, you know? So The Secret World, go check that out if you're looking for a different uh, MMO, especially one with good writing, apparently. Uh, if you'd like to leave feedback for the show, you can do it through a number of ways. Podcast.rpgamer.com is our email address. Board.rpgamer.com is our message boards. Go to the latest update section. You'll find the show thread and post your comment there. You can also call us at 608-729-4098. Let's move on to the news. Hey, thank you, Anna. You saved the news. All right, so let's start off. A Realm Reborn is coming to the PS4 on the same day that Japan's getting the PS4, which is February 22nd, 2014. And if you own the PS3 version, you get the PS4 version for free. Good. It should be just a PSN version at that point. Was that this week? Yeah, that was this week. Oh, it feels like forever ago. I know, right? So other things announced at this PS4 press conference include all right other things announced at this press conference included a ps vita for your television uh-huh. for 95 dollars, you get a little tiny unit that can play ps1 games ps vita games and psp games right yeah and it'll hook up to your tv over hdmi it has an ethernet port on the back i think um and, and, and uh, you can stream ps4 games to that like, yeah, say, for example... It can do remote like play box. just like the v- yeah. Vita can do. So it does the, the PS4, I assume also PS3 remote play, but I don't know. Um, it'll at least do the PS4 remote play. So you could use it on a second TV to play your PS4 when the first TV that your PS4 is actually hooked up to is busy. And theoretically, when if they do get that Gaikai stuff in order, you can maybe, you can maybe stream PS3 games that you have on the Gaikai service. Mm, nice. And so I guess you can't do remote play for PS3 then. Uh, I, 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 they've been a little bit vague on that. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense why you can't, since the Vita can, but whatever. I guess it doesn't matter since there aren't, you know, not every PS3 game really does remote play well, right? So, so yeah, that, that, but no plans to bring that out in the West yet. It looks like Asian markets only for the time being. Here, here is the thing is, um, game developers need to choose to put their game on the Vita TV because it is going to require a little bit different programming. Okay. Because there are games that have touch controls. It's funny. There's already a list out of games that support it out of the box because yes. they don't yes. use a lot of touch control stuff. Right. So basically the list is all the games that don't use touch controls or that touch controls aren't mandatory. So I suspect we will see pretty much every game on the Vita TV that's on the Vita with the exception of a couple that are just touch games. Yeah. It might be easier with the PS4 controller once that comes out. Right. And you have the touchpad on the front. Right. But they didn't want to talk about that yet. They kind of, it's, it sounded like they avoided questions about that. 
I like their video for it because they have that traditional people who look overly happy and excited while playing video games. Yeah, like these, like the like the prettiest young women and the like the most active. No, it was an old d- dad guy who's like, oh, about, he's laughing with his daughter. I was and of course the, the controller's going right. up and down and up and down and up. But did you see the one at the end of the conference where no. everyone's like these, like, what are you? You're all young and fit and attractive. Go outside. <laughs> what are you doing? Going into oh the cafeteria. Oh my gosh! No, here's one where three three really attractive guys just walk in and start playing their PS feet, uh, turn the PS4 on, and then they walk away. No, wait, no. Now they're playing on it. Never mind. Remote playing to another TV with one guy with a controller kind of shaking it back and forth. My favorite one is this girl who who finishes class and she walks in and she's all smiling and happy and she's like the center of attention in the room. She's like, hi, everybody. And then she sits right at the center and then takes out her Vita and ignores everybody. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I love it. Like, oh, we're so alienated in life. It's great. I mean, modern society. So what do you guys think of the Vita TV? I want one. I think they're marking it the wrong way, though, unfortunately. Why is that? Because they should be saying this is an Apple TV. Mm-hmm. This is the they Apple sh- TV device. You got you buy this tiny little box. You can stream your Hulu. You can uh, stream Netflix. But they want you, you to buy a PS4 for that. But if you don't want to spend that money, you can also do this one. Yeah, that's a good. You point, know, remember, cause... remember, Apple's always had this great philosophy. It's a, it's a, people say, "Why are you going to release an iPad Mini if it's going to cannibalize the sales of your big iPad?" And Tim Cook always says, "I would rather cannibalize our own products than have someone else do it." Mm-hmm. So, but you know what I'm trying to say? A $99 box, you can sell to a lot of people who want a streaming solution, who maybe don't want to get into the Apple ecosystem, don't want Apple t- – and and you get a lot more – it's like a Trojan horse device. Where yeah, but is it really going to catch on? There's a lot of these cheap streaming devices now, and and the Chromecast is out there for 35 bucks. Yeah, but why, should, but why shouldn't Sony get into it? I mean they have their own Music Plus. And it would get more Vita systems out there too essentially. But, I mean as a Trojan horse device, it makes sense to me. Like you mm-hmm. get people who maybe want a streaming service but who are also maybe like, oh, I can play my Vita. I can play PlayStation games on here too. Okay, that's better than the Apple TV. Hmm. And it's the same price. I mean, you just think of it as a, as a streaming box that does so much more. Yeah, I'm all on board on this. I love. I always love portable system TV connections because I'd rather play most of my portable system games at home on a TV anyway. So I, I'm totally on board with this. You know, for me, this is like. This is exactly what I've been wanting. I, I, I think I am the perfect person for this device. I, I know a lot of people say, what's the point? But for me, I've been wanting to play stuff like Persona 4 Golden. Like, not a, not a lot of Vita games, but enough. Like, I've been wanting to play Persona 4 Golden. I don't know where my PSP is, but I've been wanting to play Tactics Ogre. Uh, Let us cling to the new one. Let us cling together. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to play, like, a number of little these titles that I, if I can just hook it up to a TV and just, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to spend $250, $200 on uh on a Vita, that'd be fantastic. And just I mean, I'm not I don't care about being it being portable. I don't play portable games on the road anyway. But Manny, why don't you want to buy a Vita, especially now that they've announced the Vita P- Vita two thousand? Because apparently it has a crappy L C D screen. <laughs> the old, old, old LED. All right, so they've got a new Vita coming out. Right. It's got a new it's got a L C D screen instead of an OLED screen. It is lighter and less uh and, about twenty percent lighter and no, thinner. I mean, Twenty percent thinner, fifteen percent lighter, and it is. Um, it's also got a slightly different button pressures and a little bit different button placements on the front, just to move them out of the way of the screen. And because, uh, like, I don't know, the right stick was too close to the screen or something. With the, I don't know, whatever. Um, and then what else does it have? Uh, um, colors uh, slightly better battery life by about one hour. Okay, better battery life and colors, and it's more plasticky, I think, too. And an arguably worse screen. Yeah. 
Um, there's been one shot that I've seen that compares the two. Polygon posted it from some Japanese dude's Twitter account, and the LCD screen has notably worse colors than the OLED screen. From well, the Vita. I mean, that's what that's why you pay more for OLED is because yeah. it does true blacks and it does richer colors. And apparently, they're going to start clearing out Vita stock by bundling it with a 32 gig card and um, Hot Shots Golf. So, the original, you mean? Yeah, the original Vita. So yeah. it seems like they're going to switch over this Vita 2000 stuff. Well, they did that every with every model, right? Yeah. So it's really sad because of the PSP. I mean, yeah, I think to to get rid of the OLED is is to really kill one of the big features of the Vita. I, that's what Sony does. The first model has all the stuff, and then over time, it gets less and less stuff. I guess, but well, think about the first PS3. I mean, it had backwards compa- full backwards compatibility, more USB. Well, you slot. know where that wasn't true, Manny, was with the PSP. They added more stuff over time. Yeah, like uh, the screens got better over time. And, well, so. you know, the systems got TV lighter. Out. Like, there was all improvements. Yeah, TV out was added. I, I think it was all improvements. And then the Go was kind of an offshoot product, though I like that. You know, Go. I think it is. It's because they're probably thinking that this old, the, the cost-benefit analysis, what we gain for adding LEDs and worth the cost. Yeah. No, I, I assume that's what it was. But that's kind of weird because shouldn't OLED be cheaper now than it used to be? It should be. But is it as cheap as LCD still? No, of course not. But, hmm... I don't know. I, I think it's a mistake, but I guess you most know, people I would won't buy care. it if it was like if they were an Apple and they had that kind of economy of scale where you can guarantee these cheaper prices and like sort of streamline the the hell dedicated entire factory just to making this thing because they're going to ship twenty million Vitas on day one. Mm-hmm. But I understand why they're doing it. So we're gonna have to, Anna. Are you gonna get a Vita two thousand? What do I need a Vita two thousand for? I don't know. So that we each have a Vita. Has there ever been a time games. where both of us want to play a Vita game that's multiplayer and want to play No, with but we've each wanted to play a different Vita game. You know right. what? So <laughs> there's Sony hasn't convinced me that I need my own Vita the way that Nintendo no. has convinced me I need my own 3DS. That's true. That and is that's a good, the bottom line. I'm going to steal that line from you in, in the future. <laughs> Go for it. You know, the, I think the best part, are there a lot of PS2 games on PSN yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. Only in Europe and Japan, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, because I've been thinking, I've been wanting to play some old SMT games. Like, I want to maybe go back and try some Nocturne, finish up Persona. Well, I guess I don't have to if I can get Golden on the thing. But I've been wanting to play some old PS2 games. And if a little, and a $100 Vita TV lets me do all of that, plus play some old PS1 games, that'd be great. But that's not the case here, right? We don't have any Nocturnes or Personas or any of that stuff on... Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I got sadder as that sentence went on. <laughs> oh, let's see. What else we got going on? Uh, oh, Stella Deuce hit PSN without any announcement about it. So there you go. There's a PS2 game. Yeah, there's a PS2 game. There you go. Uh, came out. It was originally published in 05. It's now on PSN for 9.99. And Anna apparently thinks it's not good. No, see, here's the problem with Stella Deuce. It was made by Boy. the people who made Hoshigami. Yeah. So that should tell you right there that... Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. I mean, this is this is ultimately the problem, is it's like, it's a TRPG where nothing is new, the story is completely mediocre, and it's like, it's a total ripoff of, like, every other TRPG out there with religious overtones. So it's like... If you can get into the story or get into the combat system, you're going to like the game. But overall, it's just 
I could be playing other games that are more interactive or other games that are more innovative or other Worse games yet. just it's, did this all first. It's really old too and I don't think it's aged very well either. No, no, it is aged very gracelessly. So, so I mean, yeah. if you didn't play it and you must have all things Atlas, which is the reason why I own it, get it. But yeah, there's those, a finite amount of audience. I remember those wait, days. Those wait, this. why do you need to own it? Because it's an Atlas game. No, no. I, I was about to comment on that. I remember those the, in the early days when Atlas was doing all things right. They were bringing over Nocturne. They were promising to bring over a bunch of other stuff. They were bringing over obscure things. There was this sort of loyalty, like, damn, they're bringing over all the hits. And, like, everything they're bringing over is gold, gold, gold. Those days are long since past. Well, no. I mean, here's the hey, thing. But it's, in a good way, because they're, they're always, experimenting even more, I think. I always get the feeling like every once in a while they get offered a bundle of games. So it's like, we will give you the rights to localize this, this, and this. And two of the games will be cool. So it, you know, it's like a bundle where it's like Etrian Odyssey and Nocturne and Stella Deuce. And I mean, obviously, that's not, the, that's not a real bundle. But it's like, I always get that feeling. And it was the same feeling that I got with Operation Darkness. It's like, you can tell that they aren't sold. This game is completely and totally awesome, but they're clearly localizing it and they're clearly behind it. So what would possess them to do that without some other reason behind it? Does that make sense? I'm starting to sound like Nick. Um, Who's Nick? Yeah, our pastor at church. <laughs> <laughs> he ends a lot of phrases with, does that make sense? <laughs> and I talk with him a lot. Anyways. Yeah, so whatever. Stella Deus, let's not even tarry on it anymore. Child of Light is much more interesting from Ubisoft. Did you see the video for this, Manny? No, I thought it was below my article. That's oh, awesome. man, you gotta check it out. Child All of right. Light is a is kind of a... It's Ubisoft kind of doing the JRPG genre, sort of. Wait, is this the one done in the engine for... The Rayman? engine for what? Is it? I don't know. Engine. It looks like it. It's got that cool French art style thing yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, that was like it's, the big deal that they were the, they were, the Rayman people or something would make it a JRPG. All right, it's going to be on PS4, PS3, Wii U, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and PC next year. And it's 2D. It's beautiful looking. It's got a RPG battle system. I don't know what's going on, but I want to play it. Um, we'll see if that actually translates to a good game when it comes out because a lot of those 2D RT looking games... You know they don't always translate into something you want to play, but yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. I wanna. This looks good. So, all right, I'm gonna watch it right you got, now. You gotta check this trailer out. Um, if anyone who hasn't checked out, check this trailer out and see what may be kind of the cool 2D RPG experience next year. So, yeah, and we've got it up on our page. Um, oh man, he's gonna watch it right now. So I need to kill time while he's. Anna, did you watch this trailer? For the. Child the of Ubis- Light. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not interested in the game. But you didn't watch the trailer. Right. So how do you know you're not interested? Because I'm not interested in the premise. What is it? An Ubisoft JRPG? Really? That's the premise? You're just going to be... Wow. That's like bigoted against Ubisoft for making an RPG. Like, how dare they? Um. When was the last time I enjoyed an Ubisoft game? I, I don't know. Exactly. Ray- oh, Raymond Ravy Matt Rabbids. Exactly. What? And how long ago was that? I don't know. We have like 80 of them. Yes, but I'm talking about the original. Oh, a while. I I find that to be completely 
crap as far as a reason to not care about this game, but whatever. <sighs> Manny, what do you think? Um, it's wispy. And <laughs> I don't know. All right, whatever. I guess I'm alone on it. Rune Factory. Uh, it, it didn't jump out to me. There was nothing that made me go like, "Oh wow!" It was just more like, "In a world, indie <laughs> game cred. Oh, indie game cred. Oh. Well, it's not an indie uh, game. No, I know, but that's what it sounds. That's what it felt right. like. Oh. All right. So, how about we talk about Rune Factory Four? Anna, this is obviously must be you. When did you announce Rune Factory 4 is coming out? You can bite me. <laughs> That's right. Rune Factory 4 is being brought over by Marvelous's sub-company, Exceed. Um, so that's coming out uh, here, and they finally have a, a, a release date. October 1st. And that means people can stop bugging Anna on the Natsume page for a release date for Rune Factory 4, because Natsume isn't bringing it over, and they <laughs> the date is finally announced. And you can tell them, go look at Xseed's page. <laughs> it's good news for Anna. <laughs> right? I hope. <sighs> it should get rid of a lot of spam you've been had to deal with on your page. Mumble, 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 mumble. <laughs> uh, they have an official website up. You can go check it out there. If you are into, um, into the Rune Factory stuff um, and dating people who turn into monsters, Rune Factory 4 should be uh, the game for you. Go check that out on their site. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles has dropped in price, guys. Remember the whole issue with it being like, what, 80 or 90 bucks or whatever on GameStop? No, that was like two weeks ago. That was like two weeks ago. We don't remember. All right. <laughs> now you can get it for 65 bucks. So still too much money. With a With a coupon, but still. So there you go. There's September coupon. Go look for that. 65 bucks, which brings it more in line. Uh, it's still better than eBay if you want to get a copy of Xenoblade Chronicles. All right. Fantasy Star Nova. That's right. A new Fantasy Star game. It's in the same world as PSO 2, or Fantasy Star Online 2. It's an offline game. It'll be sold in retail stores. And uh, Triace is the developer. So. And it is, of course, chasing the Monster Hunter sort of thing. Well, the biggest monsters ever, right? Was that the tra- thing you were talking about? Uh, I don't see that. Remember, it was like this giant armadillo oh, stegosaurus yeah. Yeah. With, with two cannons the size of Mars or something? Why not? I love it. Biggest monsters ever. Let's do it. So Triace, I guess, is working with Sega now. So Yeah, I guess so. Triace has always Enix. been like a, a hard gun, right? I guess. I, they seem to do a lot with Enix and stuff and Square Enix, but... Whatever. Well, I guess they asked him to make the next two men, and they said no. <laughs> Did they make the first one? <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, HD remaster limited edition of the Vita has been announced. So if you are in the, obviously this is for Japan, but if uh, if you're there, you can get a HD uh, Final Fantasy X Ten Two HD remaster version of the Vita, and it looks like a version of the first Vita. So. Um, you can buy this without being worried about the uh, about the screen. I don't. It looks kind of like somebody put a bad sticker on the back of it, so I don't think I care about it that much. But it's out there if you want to import the it. The Gundam one looked better with yeah. all the the scale models. Yeah, the, the scale back. models. Yep, yep. And then uh, there's a Fenrir edition mod for God Eater Two, which no. Fenrir. Yes. Cool. All right. Let's see what we got. PS4 is getting a strategy RPG, Natural Doctrine. 
um, made being published by the same people who published Lollipop Chainsaw. Uh, it's uh, being made by them too. They have an internal studio. There's a trailer, and that's all I really know about it. Wait, was it? it? Is it's it translated? Japan only. Is it, is it video translated? News. No, of course not. But no, you can look I, at you, the art you style. remember the the Knack trailer? Oh no, I didn't see that. Oh, dubbed over. You know? Yeah, I should have. Because I watched I watched the video afterwards because mm-hmm. you can still watch it on UStream. Yeah, I need and, to do that. And the, apparently, no one told the, the the people dubbing the press conference that they didn't have to translate every single little thing. Yeah, because then they were translating. They were translating the because it, it's because they didn't have a, a script for the trailers, so they were translating them live on the go. So you hear you like, "What is your name? The name chosen I have is Nack." Yes, let us go. This is adventure. Okay, and now the goblins are big trouble for us. They are killing people. This is not good. <laughs> you cannot beat me with trouble. And now they must they must come together. Yes, come together and defeat goblins. And now he's saying that he's sad. Oh, that's no good. Uh, that was funny. And he, and he changes clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and you think I'm exaggerating. I am not. That's awesome. You have to watch the Knack trailer dubbed. It's pretty bad. It's pretty I great. I should do that. All right. Etrian Odyssey Untold. This is the remake of Etrian Odyssey 1 that has like a whole big storyline plot thing, but also includes the plotless mode if you just want to play the original style uh, in the new engine. It's coming out October 1st, and it has a demo coming on September 16th in the U.S. So look forward to that. Tales of Fantasia is coming to iOS. If you've been waiting to play the first Tales of game, you can play it on iOS. And yes, it has microtransactions. You can do things like... Hang on, hang on. If you are surprised, say something now. Oh, I was about to say. So this is a game designed with buttons in mind on my phone with added microtransactions that weren't there before. Well, you'll need it because if there's no buttons and your party dies and you want to revive them, you'll be able to buy something to revive that your party. That exactly like what I want. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, it uses great. the PSP version of the game um, for the graphics. And uh, yeah, there there you go. <laughs> iOS Tales of Fantasia. I wonder if it's worth playing. Um, it's going to be free, right? With microtransactions? I can't remember. Uh, <sighs> I saw a couple different stories, so I'm not sure. Maybe not. I'll take that back. Final Fantasy Ajito is finally coming out. And you're confused because Agito 13 was the game that turned into Final Fantasy Type-0 and came out on, like, Vita in Japan only. Um, Or was it PSP? PSP in Japan only. And so, okay, (laughs) that's great, Uh, which is weird because Type-0 was originally planned for phones, then got moved to PSP, changed to Type-0, and then released in Japan only. And now we have Agito... Form phones again, <laughs> iOS and Android. It's coming out this winter. Again, we only know for sure that it's coming out in Japan. And it will have characters from Type Zero. So there you go. So it's somehow related to Type Zero. We don't really understand how. And that's coming to Japan. More Japan news. Disgaea 4 is coming out on Vita in Japan in January 2014. So that means maybe, you know. That that gives you at least a time frame to when to expect a Vita version of four for the U.S. Um, yeah, there you go. And there's a trailer for it, so you can go watch the trailer. Though actually, the trailer sucks. So I don't recommend watching the trailer. The trailer doesn't show anything, like you know, gameplay or enhancements. 
Deep Down. Finally got more info about Deep Down. Remember Deep Down from E3? Capcom talking about that nice looking PS4 right, right, RPG right, right. game. All right. Mr. Ono came out and told us all about it. Well, even yeah. Uh, so it's going to feature randomly generated maps, uh, monsters, and weapons. They uh, they showed um, more demo of the game in the at the conference this past week, and it takes place in New York during the year twenty ninety four. So I guess it's a post apocalyptic style game or something. No, no, no. It it basically sounds like it's just Assassin's Creed. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. He talks about diving into memories or experiences. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the title is described as a quote memory reading RPG that there lets the go. player read the past from objects around them. Um, there's a going to be a demo in TGS between September 19th and 22nd. Uh, so yeah, you can learn more about it then. And no idea when it's coming out here. Um, so it is not the follow up to Dragon's Dogma is what that means because people are speculating that's what Deep Down was at first. There is a new Dragon's Dogma coming out though, right? Is that? Oh, no. On PSP, I thought. On Vita. Oh, okay. No, I didn't realize that. Or I forgot. Hmm. I thought it was during the... Pre- oh, you didn't actually watch the press conference. I right. did not. So I'm I'm at the mercy of whatever news and stuff I've caught since since it went live. So fill me in on that. Dragon Quest X's getting an expansion. Still no word on a US release date. <laughs> Sorry. So, But this expansion is going to hit the Wii, the Wii U, and Windows PC versions of the game. Um, it'll be called Dragon Quest X, The Sleeping Hero, and The Guiding Sworn Friend. The Sleeping Hero and The Guiding Sworn Friend. That'll be changed if it comes out here. Uh, <laughs> there'll be more details at TGS. Uh, and uh, the, let's see. Oh, the Windows version, which you're like, there's a Windows version? Well, it's not out yet. September 26th in Japan. And yeah, it sucks that there's no um, no U.S. release dates for that. What, what, what's, why aren't they bringing Dragon Quest Ten out here? What's up with that? Marketing. Uh, uh, someone just crunched the numbers and said it's not worth the translation. Mm-hmm. And its main platformer is on the Wii, a system that's almost dead on this plat. I mean, in the, in the North America. Not to mention the Wii U is not doing all that great either. Yes, I'm sure just someone crunched the numbers and said what we gain. Hmm. I guess I don't have much faith in a MMO based on this franchise. Yes, kind of sucks. All right, well, whatevs. Um, let's see, StarCraft Universe. Remember the online MMORPG set in StarCraft that people were like, "Oh, Blizzard will never let this happen." Then Blizzard's like, "No, yeah, you can totally do this." Uh, <laughs> and they've got a Kickstarter for it now. They've hit their they've hit their goal. Good. So eighty four eighty thousand dollar goal they had. They're at eighty five grand now. Um, let's see, and oh, it's over. So it's all done. Um, and you can continue to you buy into it via PayPal, and if you want, on their site. And let's see. I'm always curious about this. Oh, somebody bu- somebody paid $10,000 to them and got an entire startup zone made in their image. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. so You can look forward to that game coming out eventually. <laughs> Since it's based on a Blizzard universe, I'm assuming they're going to follow a Blizzard development model. And it'll hear about it in a year or three. As long as it comes out before StarCraft 3, cool. And most importantly, Diablo 3 Storm of Light novel has been announced. And Nate Kenyon will be bringing out a new novel about Diablo 3. Oh, gosh, I don't care. 
Um, I hate it. So do you want to read book. the summary? Doesn't it sound exciting? Oh, let's read the summary. Where's the summary? Um, you can check Elements if you want. Oh, is it in Elements? Okay, let me check Elements. RPGamer.com. RPG Elements. Go. Uh, sorry, click the wrong one. All right, here we go. So we have... <clears throat> the high heavens are healing after the... F- By the way, spoilers for Diablo 3. Let me give you a minute here. If you I'm pretty sure I, I, the the simple announcement of Reaper of Souls is a spoiler for Diablo Three. Not no, not really. No, yeah, I, I'm not buying into that. The soul, and the very first thing to talk about the Soul Stone, he's trying to hide it, and then this guy. Oh, took that it. yeah. If you watch the trailer, yes. No, but even the very premise of the story is well, Soul yeah. Stone gone by yeah. this angel who's back. Yes. Well, that okay. The high heavens are healing after the fall of the prime evil. The Angerius Council has recovered the Black Soul Stone and now stands vigil over the cursed artifact deep within the glimmering Silver City. Amid these momentous events, Tyrael struggles with his position as the new aspect of wisdom. Well, first of all, that's wrong. He's an angel of wisdom, but whatever. Feeling out of place as a mortal among his angelic brethren and doubting his ability to fully embody his role. As he searches within himself in the heavens for reassurance, he senses the Black Soul Stone's grim influence on his home, where harmony of light and sound once reigned a mounting discord is threatening to shroud the realm in darkness. Imperius and the other archangels vehemently oppose moving or destroying the crystal, leading Tyrael to put heaven's fate in the hands of humankind. Drawing powerful humans to his side from the far ends of sanctuary, Tyrael reforges the ancient Haradrim and charges the order with an impossible task to steal the soul stone from the heart of heaven. Among the champions entrusted with this burden are Jacob of Stalbrick, former avatar of justice, and guardian for the angelic braid Eldrin, Shannar, a wizard with phenomenal powers, Mikulov, a lithe and reverent monk. Are you noticing a pattern here? Oh my god. Ginvir, a fearless and battle-hearted barbarian, and Zael, a mysterious necromancer. The only thing they're missing is a demon hunter. With time and the forces of both good and evil against them, can these heroes unite as one and complete their perilous mission before the heavens fall to ruin? So they've got another issue here. They've got more par- people in their party than Diablo 3 Yeah, allows. I was going to say, what's the maximum number of party members? <laughs> Four. <laughs> yeah, you can't have this many people in a party. <laughs> Not only that, though, it's just it seems like all this – like this is an intro to a book. You're supposed to get, grab people, and I feel like I, I have to know Diablo history, and I've, I need like a PhD in Diablo before no, I can even begin You know what? This, this is a very appropriate bit intro to this book because it tells you tells you that this book is a piece of crap and you shouldn't buy it, and that's probably true based on who's writing it. So there you go. Done. Oh, it's a crazy note to go into my box of crap at Christmas. Two of the people in this book are characters from the prequel comic, The Sword of Tyrael. Yeah. Hey. Go ahead. What? Oh, what were you saying, Manny? No, I was, that was, you oh, that, said what I was going to say. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Okay. No, it's cool. <laughs> Information's out. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Other Blizzard info this week, you can buy your virtual ticket now on their website. Um, I don't know if there's a reason you have to buy it a month and a half ahead of time because it's going to still be there then, but you can do it. There's goodies that come with the ticket, of course. Um, If you're a Diablo, uh, excuse me, if you're a DirecTV subscriber, um, the ticket that you need to buy so you can watch it on your TV will cost 10 bucks more, 50 instead of 40, and is not for sale yet. So you'll have to wait on that a little. Um, unless you just want the online version because you don't need to watch it on your TV, then you know, sign up now. World of Warcraft Trivia Pursuit is coming. And uh, yeah, I saw that story in more than one place. Do you, Who's going to buy World of Warcraft Trivia Pursuit? 
the kind of person who goes to BlizzCon? I, really? I think it's even a bigger nerd than that, necessarily. But, I don't know. It's pretty nerdy to fly across the country. Yeah, get to go a to a gaming convention for a company? I don't know. No, I mean, no, I mean that takes nerd dedication. That's well, more getting than tickets like, takes nerd cred dedication. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Not, right. See, not only do you have to wait up and get, get a ticket if it doesn't sell in the first minute, but you got to pay $250 for the privilege to go to this con. All of those hotels cost so much money because they're across the street from Disneyland. And they, you know, you know they jack up the prices during big events like this, during BlizzCon. Yeah. And many of these people fly from other countries or other states at a, like in November. That's expensive too. I mean that's, that's nerd cred if I've ever heard it. Okay. That's putting where your that's putting your money where your mouth is. That's like putting a thousand dollars or more of your money where your mouth is. I know what's even more funny enough. is that uh another big pastime at BlizzCon is waiting in a two hour line to spend more money on overpriced crap you don't need. Oh, is that their store line is two hours long? Oh, if you're wow. lucky. That's crazy. So that there you go. I, I think these are the kind of people who would want uh yeah. I remember that last time I was there, like two years ago, they were selling that. Uh, they were selling a life-size replica of Thrall's Doomhammer. Weighed like eighteen pounds. It was like coated in leather and had fur. They were actually selling pretty well. By the end of that show, there were plenty of people with gigantic Thrall hammers on their shoulder walking around the show floor. <laughs> and that thing cost like three hundred and fifty. Wow, fans are crazy. That is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, especially then to walk around with it. Yes, yeah, like, because you like know it's gonna be easy pounds. to lose or have it stolen. I don't think it was easy to lose. That thing is pretty heavy. You drop it, you're gonna break someone's foot. Hmm. Uh, cool. Ow. All right, cool. All right, that's uh, that's all I got for news, guys. So I think we're good for the show. Uh, do we have any new um, reviews up at RP Gamer this week? We can pimp. Let's see. What do we review? Review. Nothing. I got no reviews showing up. So the last review that we had up was Suikoden 4, which was not really a current review. But all right. And before that was Shining Force Gaiden on Game Gear. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we apparently uh, we've got some time here to play some non-recent RPGs. Everyone should go buy Dragon Fantasy 2, right? Anna, this is your chance. Shill, shill, shill. Shill, shill, shill. And um, okay. That's all I got. Anything I'm missing, Manny? Uh, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we'll catch you next week, everybody. Um, if you'd like to submit feedback for the oh. show once again, go oh, go ahead. You didn't mention anything about Infinity Blade Three or the Apple event, or oh, okay. Infinity Blade Three was announced at the Apple event this week, along with a five C and five S. The five C is the iPhone five, but made with plastic on the back instead of metal, and having mm-hmm. colors. It's also cheaper than the five was, so hundred bucks slash two hundred bucks. Yeah, the five S is the new like flagship phone and same price levels and everything, and it's got a fancier camera that does um, even better pictures for you and cool stuff, um, and a thumbprint scanner on the on the home button, so you can log in with your fingerprint. And it's now like a sixty four bit processor blah blah yeah, blah it's like was, the most amazing thing for infinity blade ever that was the stupidest presentation about 64 bit look we made the transition in one day oh shut up <laughs> you just no, change your compiler two target they changed two hours yeah they changed myself. the target like they went to xcode compile for 64 bit done like give me a break 
Ah. Was he anyway. eating a sandwich when he left? <laughs> Say what? He, he said compile got a sandwich he came back two hours later <laughs> i know exactly wow. right well there's probably there's probably a couple lines of code he had to change but i mean give me a break this is modern computing this isn't that hard 64-bit apple architectures have existed for a long time but whatever <sighs> anyway they showed off um infinity blade 3 it looks pretty it made me interested to go finish the story of infinity blade 2 um i really hope they change up the gameplay in infinity blade 3 uh, and the big dragon was a big dragon. So, um, I don't know if you ever talked about this. Did, you, did we ever mention this on the podcast that uh, a couple of weeks ago, Baldur's Gate Two Enhanced Edition was announced? No, it was announced. Yeah. Oh, I they have a full page up and everything. I, 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 I it's the story that sort of died on the vine. I never no saw ever... the story anywhere. Okay. Yeah, no one was talking about it. Right, Kotaku's got it. So let's see. Here, uh, just go to the main webpage. Oh, I'm too. going. I'm going. I'm going. Baldur's Gate II dot com. So don't don't put the number two. You can pre-purchase it now. It's out November fifteenth. So too late for extra life, unfortunately. Um, this is the yeah, sweet Baldur's Gate two, awesome game. Um, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of content. Um, wow. Yeah, it's got the widescreen mode. New four new party members. Uh, Black Pit two. So check this out. <laughs> bundled with the PC and Mac versions and available as DLC for iPad and Android, four new characters can join you on your journey. <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, is Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition on the iPad yet? It's back up. Back up? Okay. They, they settled their uh, disagreements and they're selling everything back where they should and they started development again. I guess that's why they announced Baldur's Gate 2. That's what was, what was holding them back from announcing it. The only, only problem is um, people who bought Baldur's Gate 1 probably still aren't done with it. <laughs> is it that long? If it's as long as the second one, yeah. Um, I don't. I had never played through Baldur's Gate one, I, but I played a lot of Baldur's Gate two, and I barely scratched the surface. Of it. It's a Ugh, long so you game. think you'd give it a shot? There's so on many iPad? side quests. I want to, but oh my gosh, Manny, this game is like a hundred hour RPG easy. This is not a short game. That's like just like one hundred visits to the toilet. It's not a big of a deal. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know if this would be easy. I, I'm still not sold on the control screen on the iPad. I want to pick it up on a sale or something, but. Whatever. All right. Anyway, and it's coming with the expansion. Oh, man. And I hope they've put in a bunch of the patches because fans did a lot of patching to Baldur's Gate 2 to fix a lot of issues. I assume they've integrated a lot of that. Yeah. Why did I click on this link? Why? I didn't know it was a BuzzFeed link. What? Well, I just oh. read the title before I close it. Very sad. But... You know what kind of sucks, though, buying from them is oh. you have to buy one version or the other. You can't yeah. get a Mac and Windows purchase. I don't like that. Yeah. It's enough to like. Who do they think they are? Well, and they've got. You can buy it on Beamdog for pre-purchase, and will be available in the Mac App Store at a later date for the Mac version. And then the you know, Beamdog. No, no mention about Steam yet. So I guess they're gonna sell it on Beamdog at first. Uh, twenty-five bucks. It's twenty-five bucks, Manny. You get, but I guess I, it's- the game's worth twenty-five bucks. There's no question about that. But that's a lot to ask for a retro game in this day and age. You have to. I guess the, you have to say is the work they're doing to modernize it worth your money, I guess or so. would you rather just get the mod? The you just go buy it for ten dollars on Gong. It is and a yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. You know that old Steve Jobs quote? Like, like at a certain point, your your time is more valuable than your money. When he was talking about how you can get all of these albums on iTunes for free if mm-hmm. you find them, but then you have to fix the ID tags, get album artwork sort them into the proper you know what i'm trying to say yeah 
that was a, that's the way it was. And at a certain point, it's like I'd rather just pay the dollar and you give me the song or the album. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you. If it's not worth the value proposition, it's not. There's nothing I can say to convince you. Which is fine. It's totally cool. Well, you're not into those, are you? Are you buying those? I'm probably going to skip on it. Eh. Yeah. I'm probably going to pass. It's a really good series. You like Western RPGs, too. so I do, but these are a little bit too old because they're so tied into the Dungeons & Dragons rule set. They have such good voice acting and storytelling. Well, oh, I think man. one was a little bit... Well, maybe more so with two. I think two was a lot more streamlined and better experience than one was. Am I right? Uh, I have not really played one, so I couldn't tell you. Because everything two. I saw from, from one, it just felt so obtuse, and it's just like... I can't revive you unless you... Okay, now he's dead because he was disintegrated. You can never have that character back again. Oh, wait, this character didn't join your party because my party was full, but then now they're gone forever. So it is a PC RPG, and as such, save a lot. Yeah. And and keep separate save files and branches and stuff. That's just... That's how you play those. So that when somebody gets incinerated, you're like, okay, we did that wrong. Let's go back and try this dungeon differently. (laughs) All right, I'll try it out eventually, but... Whether I should play the original or their version, I don't know. Okay. All right, with that, let's end the show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. You can join us every week at rpgamer.com slash live. We need your feedback at podcast at rpgamer.com. Write in your letters today. Include an MP3 file. We'll play it on the show, 30 seconds or less, please. You can call us at 608-729-4098 or leave a note on our forums at board.rpgamer.com. And they're the latest update section. Find the show thread for the week. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Manny. Thank you, Anna Marie. Uh, and we'll be back next week. I'm Chris Purvis here saying goodbye for RP Gamers. RPG cast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.